So guys, I I had a a garage sale this weekend. How'd it go? I'm freaking old. You're and uh-huh. like garage sale was like you know Saturday, and I'm still not recovered. But it's always funny when you you put something out and you're like, yeah, I guess I can price this thing I spent fifty dollars on for two dollars, and then some asshole comes up to you and is like, I'll give you fifty cents for it. <laughs> you're like, oh, fine. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm not bringing all that shit back in the house. Fair enough. Trash time. Speaking of trash time, I would keep. I would keep it and then just throw it away. <laughs> no, I always don't. I do, I donated it. I, I am a good person. I actually donated it all to the uh, um, Harbor House, the people that that help. Uh, I guess help women and children escape from like North abusive Korea. marriages and stuff. Oh, yeah, abusive North Korea. No, <clears throat> weirdo. That's a good one. That's a good charity. I, I, I'm, I'm down with that. Uh, in the meantime, you are listening to the Gimme 5 Podcast, episode 204, side B. Boy! This is the Give Me Five podcast, a bi-weekly podcast reviewing the things you love today and the things you loved yesterday. They call me Centauri, and I'm joined by Kodan. Uh, dude, really? I was wondering if someone would actually figure out what name I should be. It's right there. I am Star Navigator First Class Grig. Well, I... No. Greg? Grig? No. No. I mean, I mean, I know I don't look like an overcooked sausage, but come on, you, it would. It, you that's just so obvious. I didn't even go down that road. And Fine. Kodan is just such a. Much... He could have just made you Zer. Yeah, exactly. No, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, fine, but we also have Otis. Starlight, Starbright, <laughs> the place where Alex and Maggie left for the stars. As if anyone's going to know who they are. <laughs> no. He had the worst lines in the entire movie, I swear to God. He really did, but he was so excited about them. You know? He was. He was excited about everything. <clears throat> well, this is a side B episode, so Otis is one of the characters in the movie The Last Starfighter that we're going to talk about. Um, and we're going to answer our um, Give Me Five question of the week. Um, I know it's Give Me Five, but once again, I have one, two, three, four. 17 like possible answers. So I'll be whittling that down as the show goes on. Um, in the meantime, <clears throat> are we going to spoil some shit? Yeah. Look, you know, everyone here that's going to listen to a podcast that has a logo that looks like ours is aware of the 80s and that they existed. So you've probably seen The Last Starfighter. You know of the tale of a, you know, dude that finds his dreams amongst the stars, defeating bad guys, and so on and so forth. And there's really not much we can do to spoil it. But if you get pissed off about that kind of things... Suck uh, it. Yeah. I was trying to think of a video game uh, reference there, but I couldn't. So you can... uh, Yeah, suck it. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. 
Um, so game on. You can slip on a banana peel. Mm-hmm. Well, so what? We're, so we're doing uh, the last Starfighter, which take this red turtle shell. <laughs> I saw in the theater. As did as I. an eight-year-old. Um, it came, I want to say I did too. Yeah, I'm sure we all did. Um, this one came out July 13th of 1984. Mm-hmm. Directed by Nick Castle. Did is that name is that? Am I thinking of Frank Castle? Is that why it sounds familiar? Frank Castle is the best. right. I know, but I'm saying yeah, is that Castle. why I'm thinking of it, or did Nick Castle do something else awesome that I should know of? Uh, I'm not sure. I will actually look hmm. for that because I am. I will uh, find out. You you continue going, and I will I will interject. Alrighty. Well, it stars K E Cutter Cuter. I'm gonna go with Cuter because it sounds cuter. Uh, Dan Mason. What about Cooter? Cooter. Well, he did write Escape from New York, which we just covered when we just talked about. Nick Castle did. Yes. Okay. See, there you go. Okay, there it is. I knew the name was familiar. Um, K E Cuter Cuter Cutter. Dan Mason, Lance Guest as our hero. Um, Dan O'Hurley. Really? Oh, Hurley? That's great. Catherine Mary Stewart, who was adorable as Maggie. Barbara Bosan. Excuse me. Norman Snow. Robert Preston as Centauri. And um, Chris Herbert as the little brother, uh, Louis Rogan. So I'm going to jump in here real quick with a little bit more Nick Castle stuff. Uh, he also wrote the Tag the Assassination Game, which we've covered. Oh, shit. Um, Escape from L.A., which we talked about recently. He wrote Hook, which is, you know, good. Of course, this is good too. Uh, he directed. He directed the movie Major Pain. Oh, oh shit! Yes, I just watched that. I actually had Jen watch that the other day for the first time. Major Pain. So this is weird, though. Like, I made note of this, and I've never really had a chance to say it on the podcast, but I guess I will now. I'm sure you watched it because it randomly showed up in the top ten on Netflix. Oh, Netflix. I had that's exactly why I had Jen. I had already. I actually own it, but because it showed up in the top ten, I had Jen watch it. I've never seen it. Really? It's ve- Netflix has done a very weird thing, and I remember when Blockbuster went away. My first thought was, man, all of those old movies that people just cast off as old movies are going to go yeah. away because it's before streaming. And I was like, you know, what's the chance that you're going to see major pain. movie from the favorites <laughs> section? <laughs> right. Right? Like mm-hmm. UHF, stuff like that. <laughs> and so then I saw this and I was like, oh, that's cool. And like the week before, there was another movie that randomly popped into the top 10. Not that it's good, but it's a movie that I'm going to talk about a little bit later. Mm. You know, when we, I won't say it now, but did you guys want to guess? Like, did you see the other random movie that popped into the top 10 of Netflix? I did, but I can't remember what it was. It was recently, too, right? It was either the week before or the week after Major Pain, because it's what, it's what caused me, one of them caused me to realize this. It's a terrible superhero movie. It's a terrible what? Superhero movie. From, like, back in the day? Uh, yep. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. And so I have no idea why that was in the top 10, because it's not yep. good. When did Major Pain yeah. cl- uh, crack the top 10? I didn't see that. Like, two weeks really? ago. Really? Yeah. No, I think it was longer than that. I want to say it was about a month ago. Hmm. Okay. All right, fair enough. Very strange. Yeah. But anyway, he uh, directed that. Okay. So the name did look... Yes. Okay, so it wasn't a Frank Did Castle you actually thing. watch it, Greg? What, Major Pain? Yeah. No, I still oh. didn't. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. I love What's-His-Face, so... Uh, I, pretty... I can't feel my legs. <laughs> I love anyone that was associated. <laughs> I love anyone that was associated with uh, 
living color for the most part. I used to love Agreed. that show. Uh, okay, sorry. Continue. That was my my weird. Uh, want me to tell you well, no, he had a lot. The little engine that could again. <laughs> Thanks for the nightmares, Rob. Um, <clears throat> so, synopsis for uh, the Last Starfighter, not major pain. Video game expert <laughs> Alex Rogan finds himself transported to another planet after conquering the Last Starfighter video game uh, in his little trailer home area instead of Las Vegas, where it was supposed to be. <clears throat> Only to find out that it was just a test. He was recruited recruited to join the team of the best starfighters in the galaxy to defend their world from an attack. So, the game was just a recruiting tool. Yes. I don't know that was. this is the first movie to do that. But um, I do like that as a plot. I don't mind that as a plot point. Um, what did you guys think? Initial thoughts. This movie has always held us. This is another movie that I own. I, I typically buy. I when I, when I was buying movies, it's kind of fallen by the wayside now that streaming is as prevalent as it is. Um, but when I was buying movies, I always searched out like classics and stuff that I loved as a kid. And this was this was one that I definitely bought and added to my collection. Yeah, so, I bought it actually fairly recently. I I went. I saw a thing where there was a bunch of like classic movies, like classic eighties movies, on sale. And mm-hmm. I picked up all the ones that I wanted to show to my kid. So, yeah. Short Circuit, this, uh, Karate Kid, um, Goonies we already had. But, yeah, same general idea, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I my, I guess, initial thought is I knew it was going to be dated special effects-wise. Um, overall story I always liked. And I still, there was something, I've you know, I've always said on this this show that I didn't watch a lot of movies and TV stuff in the 80s because they actually really affected me. Like, most of the time I was just like a woods kid, but I was like, I just, I didn't see movies. I just went in the woods and like built tree houses and stuff. But movies like totally like, they actually did affect me, especially if the story involved like kids on their own or leaving their families. So like, I didn't like Goonies back then. I didn't, I didn't like, I hated the never ending story because I was like, this kid's parents must be freaking the fuck out. Interesting. Um, the Wiz. I, I uh, pit, uh, shit. The Wiz was with Michael Jackson. <laughs> the Wizard. The Wizard. Yeah. Well, that came out much later when I, you know, I be, I was like in middle school and had no soul anymore. When you weren't such a bitch. Yeah, it was. That was weird. Like any of those, any of those kind of movies where the kid, you know, uh, Labyrinth freaked oh, me out yeah. as mm. a kid, and um, I don't know if it was because you know we kind of grew up in the era when like. Every other day, there was like some kid being kidnapped by someone in like a van, <laughs> like and and then having their head chopped off and left in a canal. That actually happened. Sadly, I know. Yeah, yeah. We've we've discussed that. That was that was the point where that was the event that I remember happening that kind of like stole our collective innocence. I think. Yeah. But um, so yeah, it was just it was like one of those things where that kind of like freaked me out, but. Um, I always, you know, I, even though that freaked me out a little bit and I saw it in the theater, I always played this movie when I was a kid. Like I had a computer that had some video games on it. I'd play video games and pretend like I was being, you know, taken up to the stars to be a a fighter. So I must've liked it. Yeah. This movie has that. For me, it had that nostalgia thing. And I remember the same Mm -hmm. thing thinking that like, wow, 
that'd be so cool to just like be playing this game and then all of a sudden you're really actually Omar sitting the, there yeah take at 13 years old in front of a computer playing that terrible strip poker game <laughs> and he wins and then all of a sudden some guy comes in and he's like you are going to save our our uh planet by playing strip poker <laughs> sir <laughs> You are on. I'm in, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, but I, I will say that this this movie has an aesthetic to it that you don't really see much anymore. Um, and I don't know if, if it's because of the time that it was filmed in and the the genre that it was and just the fact that it's an 80s movie i mean that may have had something to do with it and it just it just looks older but it i want to say it looks more authentic does yeah. that make any sense yeah yeah it does it looks less like it's on a movie set and more like they're actually filming you know somebody's life Mm-hmm. Well, not yeah. Not every single thing is buffed clean, right? And this has to be here, so it's in the shot. Like, I mean, that was an actual set, or not a set, but that was an actual trailer park, right? Um, and even the the outer space parts, for the most part, you know, you didn't see much else of the ships or anything like that. But for the most part, it was actually you know pretty. Every single uh, base and spaceship deck looked pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, they did. It looked cool. I thought I thought they did a good job of like putting you into the the world of this kid, this this uh uh Alex, like the main character. Like at the beginning he's in the trailer park and you get a good idea of what his life is like and his buddies are going and his girlfriends are going to the lake to his girlfriend rather to the to go hang and, and like do their thing. They're high school kids and he can't go because life sucks, blah blah blah, and then all of a sudden his world changes and you just kinda get swept up in it. But I mean, I'm looking at it from a nostalgic 1984, you know, perspective. Mm-hmm. That's how I remember it. But I just remember thinking like, man, that's so cool. That's like the dream, you know, like you do this this thing and in, in, in this video game and all of a sudden you're actually in outer space. Like it was just awesome. It was just such a cool. Mm-hmm. This, the fact that they went with the trailer park and I'm not sure which one of you guys got a chance to watch that little documentary. I watched a bit of it, yeah. So they talk a little bit about this. It was a trailer park because it's like, I think back then when there was script writing, and if you look, there was a main writer and there's usually a bunch of people, and it still happens, but you know, people from the studio that's like, okay, well, why would this kid want to leave? He's got a girlfriend and this and that and whatever. And then it's like, okay, well, his life kind of sucks. Yeah. And like, there's little things that they put in there well, to the, hint that he's the, dreaming of something bigger. Right. The The movie, they actually... They actually rewrote it a little bit because it was actually supposed to take place in the suburbs, and their their whole point on that was that you know, being in the suburbs, his life really isn't all that bad, and you know why why would he want to leave it? He doesn't have any impetus to you know go off into this into space to become this starfighter, other than you know like seek adventure, and that's not necessarily what he's out for. Um, so they so they made the decision to consider putting it in a trailer park, like out in the middle of nowhere where, you know, there aren't that many opportunities. And, you know, he's just trying to get out of that little town, that little trailer park that he's known for his whole life. And 
and it, it actually, I, I believe it actually made a better, it contributed more to the story than had it just been set in the suburb. Yeah, because you, you know a mile in any direction from that place is just a desert full of, like, nuclear waste mutants <laughs> that are Graboids. just, yeah, like, incestuously making children and trying to eat human flesh. Like, mm-hmm. you know that. Well, I didn't until uh, now. <laughs> I'm pretty certain that at the base of the mountain, that was where they filmed Tremors. Yep, yeah, pretty much. The other thing is, like, just little subtle things they put in his room, like a poster of, like, Paris. For, like, no reason other than, like, okay, this is showing that he's dreaming bigger than just this, like, little desert. He absolutely kind of wants to get out of there. I caught that, too. Yeah. There's a scene where one of the transitions they do from, I forgot what scene, but early in the movie. It's just a, uh, it's like palm trees and a beach and, like, a sunset or something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the camera slowly pans out, and you see it's just a picture on the wall. And I think that's next mm-hmm. to the Paris picture. And it's and it's yep. this massive contrast between his, like, daily shit life <laughs> and, like... I'm gonna miss my pictures! <laughs> exactly. Like, his daily life. Oh, fucking Elvira. Right, exactly. And then he's... Now there's this beach scene that's beautiful that a lot of people really do dream about that. You know, like... A lot, there's a lot of people on Earth who will never see any, like, palm trees and beaches and stuff. There's there's many, many. And yeah. I, I they did a really good job of, of um, just that one little clip. I remember, like, I remember, it's funny that you said that, because that really stood out to me, how, how big of a deal uh, that is for, like, mm-hmm. to me, that's kind of like what, um, uh, that represents dreaming of a better life. <clears throat> absolutely and and all of that all of that actually worked for the movie it really helped bring the script together now that being said there were a couple of things that i guess worked for the movie but don't really work so much for the movie now what's that the cg gotcha so let me because that's what i do mm-hmm. let me i'm gonna jump in here and i i was wondering where to put this thank you rob for the segue you're welcome. Uh, and I, I, I would like to point out that, from what I understand, this movie was actually kind of groundbreaking in that this was the first movie that actually used computer graphics to show something other than computer graphics. Does yes, that make sense? I believe so, yeah. like Yeah, like a, a targeting screen or something like that. Right, something other than like a computer screen. This was the first movie to actually use... CGI to show you stuff that's in the real world, basically. Mm-hmm. So when I, I have done 3D for oh, geez, 15 to 20 years uh, for everything from rendered stuff to video games to simulations. And so mm-hmm. kind of cross And flashlights. And I have, in fact, designed at least 20 flashlights. <laughs> uh, it's weird. They, they don't sell very well. They are all in the shapes of famous vaudevillian actors. <laughs> And not a lot of people like that anymore. I don't. Well, I don't I get that. I don't see it. Yeah, maybe I'll run some ads for that on the front of the show. <laughs> I think uh, that's what your problem is. I think it's just <laughs> lack of advertising. <laughs> so anyway, uh, when I first got into 3D, when I first learned about it, the uh, person that taught me and then eventually hired me, he had this giant fold-up like map or uh, like blueprint. It was huge. Of one of those, you know, the mechs that are like not 
humanoid, but they have like the two legs and the big like shoulder uh, like rocket launchers, and then the the head part is more like a cockpit. I think it's like a Robotech thing, but yeah. So they had one of those, and he had numbers written all over it. What is what's up with these numbers and like points and stuff? And he's like, oh, I this isn't the first ever simulation or model I made. Like, what are the numbers? He's like, well, back then you had to program what the things look like. So you were literally, those numbers were X, Y, and Z, just like you were using a graphing calculator, where you would say, okay, you know, this point is the top left corner of a square or something like that. You'd program it in, you'd program the other, and then you'd have to do the math to figure out where those things would go if this thing was moving. Wait, so you had to do that shot by shot? For the most part. They eventually figured out like a parenting system where you could attach all of like a certain point to like a pivot and let the computer figure out the math afterwards. Wow. Now, I never had to do that, but I started l- long enough to where there were, you know, maybe five to 10 years after people had to do that, where they would be like, yeah, don't complain about anything because your life is completely easier. But the soft, the computers I was using was still from that era. This was uh, 2001, 2002 for Lockheed Martin. Um, so when they, when we was watching this documentary and seeing these ships, it was like, they did that in 1984. And they actually had textures. There was certain aspects of it. Yeah, like the explosions look bad. Um, they took a lot of liberties with like, you know, we want to make these cannons just stop working because animating them get, animating them exploding would be a, virtually impossible um oh that's interesting and just all those so they 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 built that into the the plot a little bit by making it like mm -hmm. i I remember catching that the cannons didn't work anymore because of like one little tiny bomb and i thought that was goofy yeah but so instead of making them blow up it's just easier to power them down visually yeah because you know because the blowing up you have to that means they had to take all of those points that could move up and down and rotate easily and turn them into something completely different that has to explode and fly all over the place okay um, amongst other things, so they, there was a lot of little things I noticed. Especially, you know, the the design of the ships, the the way the ships kind of lined up, and they none of them uh, moved like the bad guy ships. They kind of went in those like straight lines. So it's just little things like that. Now, I think this movie doesn't get the respect it deserves for being that groundbreaking, because and they I'll, were they were actually figuring out like figuring out different processes to do this like on the fly weren't they because i i thought i heard that in the documentary that they were saying that you know as as we were doing this we were figuring out these shortcuts and these and these processes to to like show light or to do this or to do that and yeah yeah like they were saying like guys would like burst in the room be like i got it i figure out how to do more than one light and like you know it's because of this stuff that they were able to do later things. And people always are like, well, what's the most groundbreaking movie people talk about? You know, the Jurassic Park stuff. The uh, Star Wars gets mentioned a lot. Right. But this one probably, uh, Matrix gets mentioned for the bullet time stuff and all these technological advancements. But, you know, Terminator 2, I think, is another one as well. I'm trying to think of the ones that have, have come to mind. But I think this one should probably be up there because some of that stuff is really, really hard. And as they said in that documentary, eight, it would have, like, if they did what they initially wanted to do the way they had the ability to do it, it would have taken eight, months. like, 18 or 17 months just to render it. That's yeah. not even making it. 
that's like hitting a button and just letting a computer process and hoping that it doesn't overheat or melt down or freak out or break or something. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, because they were using a Cray uh, XMP computer, which was kind of cool looking, actually. They showed pictures of it in that doc. Um, but, you know, the, the the history of computer graphics I find very interesting, but that's also because I have had to teach it in do, the past. Yeah. yeah. But that is interesting because um, – one of the, that I didn't know what the story that you just told, but I think that's really interesting that this movie is as ahead of its time as it is, or I guess groundbreaking. Because as a viewer, just somebody like myself who doesn't know anything about this, I wouldn't catch that. I just think of it as, mm-hmm. oh man, it's got those like '80s effects. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. Like, uh, just I just think of it as like, oh, it's just from that time. You know, no big deal. Not realizing what the yes, hell, but I'm you're seeing. but you're cold and uncaring about us graphic designers behind the scenes. You son of a bitch. Hey, I want a fun movie. I want it to look good. Go do it. I will be drinking a beer. <laughs> Make it yes. happen. Cat. Yeah, go. Yes, yeah. sir. I don't know why we're still talking about it. Go do it. Um, no, I really, I, I am, I, I actually really am interested in stuff like that. I just I had no idea about the background of this movie. That makes it even more interesting to me. So let's jump from the like the graphics of the game to the uh, the actual arcade game in this thing. Uh, I think we all had the same thought when this kid was playing the arcade game, and the denizens of the trailer park were freaking the hell out. Mm-hmm. When when he's when he's about to go for for the record or whatever, his his um his girlfriend Maggie notices that his score is like super high, and she's like, "Oh my god, Alex, you're about to break the record." And Otis, Otis, the uh, the old man of the trailer park, goes, "What's that?" And he comes <laughs> over and he's like, "Oh my goodness!" And then he turns around and yells down the hill to everybody in the trailer park, "Everybody, Alex is going for the record!" And everybody's like, "What?" Oh, and they all come storming up there. I'm like, "There is either a absolutely nothing to do in this chair." Well, because I know that I know damn well that none of these people care about him breaking a record on a video game. I'm surprised that even half of them know what a video game is. Well, I was just going to sit in my trailer and do meth, but there seems to be a hubbub up the hill. Let's go see what it is. Yeah. I'm here because I just didn't want to be left out. <laughs> well, I looked at it as like a plot point that that uh, accomplished two things. One, it showed that the that little community, they really were behind him. And they thought that he, they were tight. And they yeah. thought he was like a special kid, you know, who who had all these abilities. And they and and that kind of that kind of goes throughout the 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 movie. But the other thing was, and of course, in this case, they had to use like the old people in the in the trailer park to do it. But um, one thing that people, you know, like younger people today, um, obviously, video games and computer games are still are huge now. I mean, as as big as ever, but. Back in '84, like like those video games were, they it was massive. Like it was it, it was it was a really really big deal to 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 do well and to like beat high scores and stuff like that. Like for the for the people that were in that world, who who went to mm-hmm. arcades and stuff, that was huge. That was like a huge huge thing. So I think that was done partially for the benefit of the target audience. And you could put your name in there and be like. T I yeah exactly. I wrote tit. I wrote A S S. Yeah exactly. Yeah. But I, but in the early '80s, especially like in that world, 
it was a really big fucking deal to 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 break a record or whatever. And I think they were doing that for the viewer, for the target viewer for this movie. Um, and they they had to do it with you know those old people because that's who lived there. But the- actually, my 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 one that I always did was F U Q. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was always my name when I if I ever got on the scoreboard. That's really funny. Um, I always just did AAA because it was just easier. Um, <clears throat> didn't feel like taking the time to go around and find the letters. But I, I thought that was an interesting scene, and it I thought it just showed more about Alex than 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 that a bunch of old people really cared, or like you guys said, you know, they were also very bored. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, it turns out that this is, of course, the whole point of the movie. It turns out that if you beat the video game, you get noticed by the uh, this intergalactic force, the star or something, and they find they can find you and make you a pilot. So it's basically a whole training thing. Um, just one interesting. Uh, I'm sure you saw the whole thing about where the guy got the idea from the for this. Um, the creator, his name was uh, John Butel. And he got the idea for this because he saw some kid playing a video game. Um, but it was around the time he was reading um, the Once and Future King book by J.H. White. Sorry, I have this on a piece of paper. Um, and just kind of putting those two together, the Once and Future King being, I believe, an, an Arthurian legend. Is that correct, Rob? I, is it? I think so. That's why, you know, you you pull the sword and now you're, you know, the king kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but this case, it sword was sword in the stone type. Yeah. You play the video game and you do well at it, and then you can be it. So that's where the general story came from. Um, and the idea of this in the the movie came from Centauri. What did you guys think of Centauri? His Obi Wan. Yeah. Even yeah. though he didn't, even though he didn't really teach him anything he was just kind of more like the recruiter <laughs> he kind of reminded me of like a uh, fast talking car salesman though oh that's funny yeah yeah i saw him as well the, i saw he acted like a fast talking car salesman mm-hmm. kind of dressed he like looked him. like he looked a little bit like a reporter or a detective <clears throat> um from you know 40s 50s that's 40s, actually a but, good point mm-hmm. yeah and uh, the actor was Robert Preston, who'd been in a ton of stuff. And this was actually his last movie. I was going to say this was his last flick. Yeah. And uh, I remember th- thinking of him as being shady back in the day, but really started liking that character, especially you know, later on when you have the the assassins and you know his, his alien face, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that was weird. That freaked me out when I was a kid. But he was my favorite character in the mm-hmm. movie as a kid. I thought he was the best. Yeah, the the alien face freaked freaked me out a little bit. The um, the beta face freaked me out way more <laughs> when it was like turning into him. Oh, that freaked oh, me yeah, out. I did the... not like that. He's, when he's in the under like the literally an hour and a half ago when oh, watching the movie, it freaked yeah. me out. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was watching it earlier today too, and I was like, uh, I was eating ice cream, and I'm like, oh, I can't. I'm done. I can't do this. <laughs> I was eating cold pizza. Oh no, that ain't right. You know that went wrong. Okay. <laughs> But I like that character. I thought he was great. I thought that um, 
I don't know why. He just, he was just like a... I like that he knew all this stuff. And, and like, everything that he did was like this discovery. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's the one who mm-hmm. um, made Alex see all this. I just like how the character was done. He was the character that introduced you to all this crazy stuff. So I guess maybe that's why. I don't know. Yeah, he was, he kind of introduced this mythology, which is very weird because it's like a one-off movie. And there's like clearly a lot more going on. This like intergalactic thing and this, you know, he had probably, he had ideas where he was sending these games all over the place. And it was kind of a an interesting take. And he had a badass that. car. It was a... Uh... It was a Tesla Cybertruck, but way ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah, it was. It looked, it looked kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it was totally ridiculous. But in the eighties, when I was eight, it was awesome. <clears throat> it was. I swear, this podcast every so often, I want to take like. It kind of looked like the DeLorean from Back to the Future, didn't it? But like station wagon version. Yeah, it's. it's where with this podcast, sometimes I want to do that thing where we have like all the thread going from like different like ideas and thoughts and whatever because this movie was written by the same person the same person that did escape from new york and so on and so forth and like then there's the delorean of course the obvious ideas for the delorean but there's gonna be some delorean news later on when we talk about the history okay of this movie yeah. you know what the uh, the the watching the movie today that car i didn't obviously at the time i didn't catch it but now it reminds it looked like something that should have been in the tom petty video for you got lucky because it it starts off with this like futuristic looking car, and they're like in this Mad Max desert wasteland at the beginning of the video. This is like from like 1983, but that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, wow, okay, that's kind of where I, I I would see that could have been the same one. It, it's not. No, the they, they, the one in the You Got Lucky video is looks more like a UFO saucer with wheels almost. Gotcha. Because when they oh I, yeah remember I remember that? that yeah so when. Speaking of reusing stuff, though, because I, I did, that was a mini segue. Uh, when they first, when you first meet Grieg, Grig, whatever, mm-hmm. he's playing around with that like device that's got like red things kind of spinning around, right? And that thing has been used in like a bunch of sci-fi movies. Really? Yeah, it's been in. Um, let's see, Wrath of Khan. I wrote, I wrote some of them down if I can find it. Khan. <laughs> I'm not sure if I can find it. Um, and a bunch of others. Yeah. Oh, um, Air, uh, Airplane 2 as well. Um, so, yeah, and it's it's one of those things that they, that people will just kind of put in and back as a background. Like, this looks like a sci-fi device. It's really just a bunch of, like, red painted things that spin around in a circle. So. Hmm. If you are into weird sci-fi devices, there is a a subreddit called that's a book light where it shows like, you know, this person scanned someone with a desk lamp <laughs> on, and it's sold at Ikea. <laughs> like it, they, you can, people do that like with things. It's actually, that's funny. really funny. Uh, this, this intergalactic starfighter was using a off brand Xbox <laughs> controller to fly his ship. I bet there's a lot of that in like the original Battlestar Galactica, you know? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Um, so anyway, since we talked about him, what do you think of his buddy, his uh, his little flight buddy, Grieg? Yep, he looked like a turtle. 
He he, yeah, like I guess he did look like looked, a turtle. Looked like a turtle with a shell on his head. Yeah, he was. Uh, I liked his personality too, but I'm just remembering it as an eight year old. I, I liked his. I thought he was cool. I thought he was fun. But uh, but I think was it you, Omar, that said that he kind of reminded you of Lou Gossett Jr. Yes. His yep. he looks like there was the the movie Enemy Mine from eighty uh, mm-hmm. uh, another sci fi yeah classic. great movie. 85, 86, something like that, um, about a human who gets um, stranded on this alien world because there was like a, they were having a battle and he his his plane or whatever his X wing fighter or whatever the hell it is lands in here and he has to befriend one of the enemies and um, it's really well done. It's a great movie, but the Lewis Gossett Jr. plays the enemy uh, alien and they look. If I recall correctly, it's been a while, but uh, they look very similar. That's like the first thing I thought of when I saw this mm-hmm. movie today, um, you know, for the first time in three decades or whatever. Man, I did not like Enemy Mine when I was a kid because I was like, where's the spaceship? Like, where are the fucking laser swords? Like, yeah, it was it was less of a sci-fi movie and more of a drama. Yeah, it was a and it was always on. It was always on. Yeah, HBO. it was on a lot. It was a friend. It was like a it was a it was a character study really more than anything else it was about mm-hmm. survival yeah it just happened to be a sci-fi yeah. movie it could have been pirates on a deserted island or something it didn't matter yeah <clears throat> really good movie i thought mm-hmm. <clears throat> um so basically at this point without going too plot related you find out what's really going on here the video game of course tr- uh was to find the golden child space fighter and he goes up to space, and he's kind of like, yeah, this is your war, not mine. I would. It wasn't really planned. It's really cool when I could put a quarter in there every time I die, but I don't want to die for real, which is sort of punctuated by the victory or death chant that everyone Victory or death. Does. Victory yeah. or death. Yeah. And, of course, most of the people in that room end up with death <laughs> because the, yeah. the main, the main like, star base gets destroyed, and it's basically leaving all of these planets uh, – open to being attacked because I guess there was because of Zer and Zer was a turncoat right like that's yeah because yeah the emperor's brother son. or son or whatever he was son. yeah and he wanted to rule yeah he's a he, go ahead what, he's what a douchebag you you're right I mean there, there's not much more to say about that very very pretentious he has them specially make a scepter for him to carry and even the way he ca- he, he he asks for it Bring me my scepter. It's like all wrapped in his blanket. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. His baby, his baby blanket. Yeah. Right? Um, it just he was just so douchey. Like the character was, you know, that's, that's the first thing I thought. I suppose now is the bad time to say is as the editor of this podcast, I have taken the uh, the initiative and bought myself a scepter. <laughs> Does it have that little blade that shoots out the top? It might. Okay. Yeah. But then it's acceptable. That's fine. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> My son, it is time what for your you homework. Shing. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Dad. No, that would not work because Greg's son would just yeah. kick his ass. Yeah, that's true. Or he would say some devastating thing. <laughs> Dude, my kid is terrifying. <laughs> your kid is savage. Just say that again. Would you say? Yeah, that's what I thought you said. I sa- Damn! I said, would you like more ice cream? <laughs> <I> said- 
Yeah, I'm looking forward I to the day that my child makes Omar cry. <clears throat> yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, at, well, at the garage sale I mentioned earlier, some guy lo- kind of looked in the garage and saw my wife's bike, like, sitting in the sitting in there. He's like, oh, is the bike for sale? And, he, and Ethan was nearby. and goes, no, go away. <laughs> did like, did hey! really? That's awesome. <laughs> no. Like, that abrupt. Go I was like, away Whoa. without missing a beat. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the kid's not wrong. I didn't say... I didn't say stuff in the in the garage. It's all on the it's all out here, man. And you'd see you know what's for yeah, sale. Yeah. Let's not do this. Anyway. Um So yeah, Zer, he's kinda of teamed up with the these other aliens who were actually kinda of badass looking as long as they were wearing their helmets. Uh because their helmets fell off those the weird little buggy eyes that moved around. Yeah, yeah they were, were kinda of weird looking. Um And then they had the guy that that I don't I don't know what the hell it was for, but it was like for punctuation, I guess. The little rangefinder thing that would flip over in front of his eye. This this movie was really big on that. I think it was a director's choice thing because they did a lot of that punctuation stuff, where like the something would happen. Click. Because they did it, the fr- so they did it when he's in his first little flight and he shoots down the one ship, and. He like the the chair thing kind of slowly spins around or lowers down. And he turns around and he's like, he's like he turns around and goes all the way to a stop. And he's like, "I think you found your pilot," <laughs> something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And I think that was definitely the director cinematographer where they're like, "Oh, we have to have something technical and sci fi happen, and then they say right, something to 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 really bring it home." Click. Well, isn't that the one? Die. Yeah, with the with the the bad guy with the red thing that flips under like in front of his face, mm-hmm. and then he goes. Now we die, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's what Man, I wanted to save that for the, the climax. That's like the best part of any sci-fi movie of the 80s. I love really? that. Really? I thought I, it was super cheesy. I love that part. Really? Yes. <laughs> I always, that's that. whenever I was playing with G.I. Joe, whenever I was doing anything, that's how the bad guy would die. Always. Every now single time. Now we gun. die. Now. Like Cobra Commander, in, Cobra Commander in the, like sitting in his tank as the Sky Striker was about to crash into it. What happens now? Click. We die. <laughs> Boom. Hell yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to steal the. I I ruined it first. You were, it wasn't you, Omar. Yeah. I didn't know. Yes, I didn't know that that was a. I would totally be stabbing you with my scepter right now. <laughs> it just hasn't come in yet from yeah Mexico. from from eBay <laughs> from Mexico <laughs> the, the the Mexican scepter company. That's fine. I'll just flip down my little red flippy thing over my. my eye. There's a company that only made scepters. They would probably not be making very much money no. these days. No. Scepters uh, are us. My that that thing that I bought on eBay, Greg, the, yeah. the snake eyes is lost in San Francisco. Boy, Sigh. it it has been in San Francisco uh, UP, uh, USPS facility for the last five days. It's doing opioids. The thing you bought yeah, last week, probably. No, no, no. Something no. else. No. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, so let's let's continue. So basically, the guy there's a lot of hemming and hawing about if this guy wants to become a spaceship pilot. I'm going to mm-hmm. go ahead and just go mm-hmm. past that because he eventually does. Uh, there's a lot of going to Earth and leaving and <laughs> determining that like there's only one space pilot left and they need this kid to take over because there's only one ship left. And he gets the new badass ship. So, what do you think of the ship design? I thought it was cool. I thought it was very... Here's here's my thinking on it. In the game, 
the ship in in the game itself, like when he's playing it at mm-hmm. first, it's very it's it's pretty well done. It's pretty um uh it's like of that time, like that ship. Like I could see a video game with a ship designed like that. So I I so I yeah. think that makes sense to like have the big version. I think the ship is fine. Whatever. I feel like they ripped off Star Wars. <clears throat> yeah, probably. And here's yeah. why. If you look at the ship design of the gunship, and you look at the ship design of an X-Wing fighter, and then you take the X-Wing fighter in the open position and then just fill in the empty space, That's right? you've got a fucking gunship. Right? 100% agreed. Essentially? Yeah. There's no arguing, Greg. There. Yeah, no, it's 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 right. It's, I mean, that's also a byproduct mm-hmm. of the technology at the time, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean like the, the? I always thought that the I always thought that the ship wasn't like sleek enough. It's weird because when I one of my yeah, and I agree with you. When I was first uh, when I first got hired to do some stuff for the military, one of the things they were doing is they were testing out software, and they just let us model whatever we wanted, and that's actually what I modeled. I modeled a his tank back to gi joe and i modeled that because i actually find blueprints for it mm-hmm. and i was like man like it just it looked awkward even though i was following the blueprint directly um so it's definitely one of those weird kind of things it it doesn't look like it would fly in an atmosphere maybe yeah. in space where there's no resistance or anything mm-hmm. but it doesn't look like it would fly as like an actual plane or whatever yeah because of those because of those fill in parts filled mm-hmm. in parts Right, it would rely solely on thrusters in every direction. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? Shaboing. Got it. Zing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, this when this kid goes off to space, he, of course, can't be missed at the, the trailer park, as he is only the only source of ed- entertainment there. Like, he plays a video game, and everyone stops what they're doing. So they... <laughs> to come watch. Yeah. People from miles so away. What's Alex doing tonight? <laughs> I don't know where he is. I haven't seen him since there was that bright light in the sky. Has anybody seen Maggie? Oh, that's probably where he is. Yeah. So what, what beta unit. The, the beta unit is an android that's kind of a cool idea in general to, like, take his place while he's off in the, the mm-hmm. world. But one, I guess that means that there there are other people that they're doing this to. Like, yes, because he did say that he sent those games all over the galaxy. Yeah. So does that mean that all of these other people like went up there, died horrific deaths in space battle, and there's now a robot taking their place on their planets? Yep. Okay. War's hell. War's <laughs> War's hell. But I mean, you know, once they figure out that that those that those people have died, I mean, the beta unit can probably just fake its death or whatever, and then you know they'll be done. Thankfully, they never have to explain that. But I that's a good point. I never thought about that. So you just stay here forever, or what if I come back and I made it, and you decide you want to stay? <laughs> <laughs> Can you maybe not take your head off and run my little brother, please? You're having a bad dream. Go back to bed. <laughs> yeah. Now the the beta unit tested very well in in test screenings, so they added a lot more of him which is why there was a lot of, like, him trying to understand sex and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And why most of those scenes involve Lance Guest wearing a terrible wig. 
because he had already cut his hair for his next role, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. So, so they were kind of added like at the, the end. head off part. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. In like reshoots. Yeah. So it's just kind of a funny little, little thing. Give um, people what they want. Exactly. More, More baby <laughs> talking about sex. Yep. Uh, where do you want to go from here? Do we got, do you want to, I guess, uh, talk about the, the final attack? Well, ultimately, the reason that he decides to go back to space is because uh, Centauri convinces him that the assassins are going to keep coming as long as they know that he's there. Yeah, like, Putting... I used to like that part a lot. Like, the you know, Centauri taking out the space uh, thing. Although, I couldn't tell. Was that a disembodied arm? Yeah, the Xander. Was that a disembodied arm? Yes. Yeah. He severed his arm with that shot. But then it still works. Like, it still that's shoots quite the, That's quite the uh-huh. assassin. Yeah, he's a Zandozan. He can yeah. do that. <laughs> now, is it true that that happens if you sever a Romanian's penis? <clears throat> what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it still works. I'm sorry, what? It still works. If you sever a Romanian's mm-hmm. penis, it, it still, still works. Um, that's interesting. That's very... We do not give up. <laughs> <laughs> No, there's no quitting. There's no quitting in, uh, yeah, no, it works. <laughs> Interesting. Good wow. is good. That is good yep. to know. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. It... I... Please don't sever my penis. <laughs> <laughs> to see if it Man, works. Man, that would have been the best title for this. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> I am joking. Ha ha. Um, next topic. <laughs> that, that does need to be the name of the episode. Please don't sever my penis. <laughs> Oh, shit. Everybody will think it's a Lorena Bobbitt story. Yeah, true. I need to move to Alaska. <laughs> yeah, so he fi- he fi- he finally does uh, go and do his... Uh, he goes back up there. Uh, there's a few little battles, and then it's one ship against the Armada. The Armada. And I love the dude's like, yeah. Uh, Greg is like, I've always wanted to face odds like this or something. Oh, uh, yeah, um... Um, something heroic against impossible odds or something like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, uh, one ship against yeah, the yeah. Armada. I've always wanted to battle against desperate, desperate odds. odds. <laughs> I think is something along those lines. How terrible were those pilots, though? The Armada yeah. pilots. Yeah, because they were like all around, <laughs> like like that. The the that space battle at a certain point when he was charging up the final attack. Uh huh. Like, the screen looked like if I just tossed a bunch of spaceships onto the floor and told my kid to play with them. Because they're all, like, different directions, spinning around. And, like, I get, again, first time ever doing this kind of stuff. Okay, great. But, like, yeah, they were they had ample opportunity to shoot and just couldn't hit anything. Like, well, yeah. no, they, they did hit a couple of times because the ship was rocked and whatnot. So that ship had really great plating. Um, the defensive systems on that ship were absolutely amazing. And all you really had to do was sneeze on the other fighters and they would just kind of like fall apart like a, like a Pinto. Um, and then they pull out their, their coup de gras, their, their special move, their, their finishing move, their, uh, Shorayuken or, um, their fatality, if you will, for Mortal Kombat. Yeah, the space blossom, right? Or the death, death blossom, blossom. Death blossom. Sorry, which is a much cooler name than space blossom. Yeah, and 
So, yeah, the Death Blossom, it was basically turned the ship into a, almost like a firework, one of those ones that spins around and just launches things in different directions and blows up all of the ships, but, of course, depowers itself at the same time. And just, I remember that being the coolest freaking thing. I thought thing. that was awesome. Yeah. As a kid. Like, I, yeah. I would use that. There was a couple things that always like showed up in what I was playing, and that that kind of thing was one of them. Um, I always took the, this was later, but the guy that from a Lethal Weapon that was like had a blowtorch and armored himself up. I would always do that with like one of my GI Joe dudes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not sure why That's... I was watching Lethal Weapon when I was like ten, but you know. Well, it was a double feature with Revenge of the Nerds, so. Yeah. <clears throat> true. True. Oh, I saw that. Police Academy and Goonies. it up. No. Police Academy and Back to the Future. It was a double feature. Damn. It's a good day. I did uh, Jungle Book and Star Trek The Whale one. Star Trek 4. Yeah. The Whale Voyage of Khan. <laughs> Khan! <laughs> yeah. uh, blows it up. And then... They have to, of course, defeat the base, the quote-unquote Death Star. There's a lot of Star Wars references here, look, because it was the biggest movie on the freaking planet just a few years uh-huh. before. They also said they they actively tried to make it not like Star Wars, and that is why they had quite a bit... They added a lot of the Earth element mm-hmm. and pushed that further because it kept it did separate it from Star Wars. I did think the translator thing was really a cool idea. Like, I remember thinking as a kid, Yeah, I didn't catch it until recently, but it's kind of like all they did was clip something onto his lapel, which doesn't really work. But I thought it was awesome. Like, I was like, oh my God, now I can understand everything. This is cool. I, then I remember thinking, man, I wish I had one of those. <laughs> you know, just to like right. understand all the languages on Earth. Well, they clip well, it on... I, it's, if I'm it's... not mistaken, th- there have been others that have used it. Like the... Um... I think the badge on the Star Trek members does the same thing. On the 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 Starfleet badge is a universal translator as well. I didn't know that. I don't think I, I don't think I knew that. That's interesting. Because in Star Wars, you just understand in, like, the Mission beats. Impossible too. Like I don't get that. <laughs> you want you just know what Chewbacca's saying. Like I, <laughs> I don't believe we invited. I don't believe we invited someone on this podcast who's a Wookiee racist. <laughs> you hear that, Rob? God. So the hunt for our next um, <laughs> host will begin the following week. Once you're labeled a I mean, Wookieist, you never you never get rid of that. Label. Yeah, the, the droid union is sending massive amounts of emails right now to the podcast. Hey, then. all you're doing is whistling. Um, I don't know what you're saying. All right, little guy? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's like a, a Rick and Morty thing where, like, they clip it on the lapel and then, like, these tendrils, like, go into the butt person's mm-hmm. body and, like, go up to the brain to actually, uh, like, rewire the brain. In a horrifically painful way. That's what it is. But it works. So you can understand. Yeah, so you can translate it. Like, you have to wear this forever, and it will, if you try to pull it out, it will kill you. But you can understand Gleek Blork. Love that show. God, it's the best show ever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, basically, the, the Starfire wins. Goes back mm-hmm. to Earth. Takes a 987-minute-long <laughs> elevator ride out of his ship. Yep. <laughs> exactly. He says hello to all his family. One at a time. And then says goodbye to all his family. <laughs> and says, Maggie, you want to come with me? And she says, sure. Well, at first she's like, well, what about Granny? 
Yeah, fuck Granny. She ain't got much longer to go. She'll be fine. But it's funny because that was kind of his... He was like, Granny? Like, what? <laughs> he was kind of like a dick about it. Like, fucking Granny? Like, really? Yeah. Well, this is great, too, because, like, he comes down. They show the, the epic shot from behind where the elevator's going down. There's smoke, and it's slow and slow and slow and whatever. And there's all these people, like, basically standing in the same format as when they were playing the video game. When he's playing the video game. Mm-hmm. And he comes down... And he goes to talk to them, and Granny's standing there right in the front. And then the alien comes down behind him, and everyone's like, oh, it's a monster. And he cuts back to Granny, and she's got a fucking shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> like, aimed at the guy out of nowhere. That was good. Like, was, she, was Granny just hanging out with all of the buddies? Like, oh, there's a bright light. Get my shotgun. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what happened was when somebody went to go get a chicken sandwich while he was riding the elevator down, they just brought it back with him. Yeah, anything anyone need me to do their taxes while he's coming down on this elevator? <laughs> I think I understand why you're the last spaceship left. Uh, are the engines on the elevator at the same speed as the ones at the ships? <laughs> Dear Lord, man. Do you have any deductions for school supplies? Are <laughs> <It's> we like... <laughs> still coming down the thing? Okay, we'll we'll finish this. Is spaceship insurance deductible as a work cost? <laughs> oh, tax. Hold humor. on, I got a couple more pages. A couple more uh, pages on this here war and peace. <laughs> flip, 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 flip. Um, so he gets down, convinces Maggie to go with him, and basically that's the. Who has been angry at him for the virtually the whole movie and has beat his ass whenever she has the opportunity. That, well, but she finally she finally does find out that he's actually a beta unit. That he's not actually Alex. She gets. But also, do, does does he really want? A girlfriend that's gonna beat his ass like she was being a little bit uh yeah a little bit uh, aggressive on the smacking well to her credit to her credit the beta unit was saying like the everything wrong that you could possibly say <laughs> <laughs> like the other women meant nothing yeah. to me <laughs> it was you you yeah you <laughs> yeah yeah so so that yeah. was the last starfighter uh, so a couple quick uh, questions here for you guys. Question one: What do you think? Should, should this movie be re redone? Re, I know. think we'll get to that in a minute. I agree. Oh, we, we definitely will. But I want to talk about it for specifically for this movie. Do you think? I think I think whole... we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're you're waiting on that then? Yeah. Let's okay. let's. I let's, will. Yeah. I will say that I watched this with my kid. Eight years old, which is the same age as basically we were right. when it came out. Right. He loved it. Really? He loved – he was riveted the entire time. Mm-hmm. He was like, that movie was really fun. Um, he didn't think – I mean, he knew the special effects were dated, but he's like – he actually – and I didn't – hadn't talked to him. I specifically didn't talk to him about anything. He knew that they were dated. He was like, oh, that's what video games used to look like. And then the other stuff, he was like – he was like, yeah, I mean, this was a long time ago, so it looks – it just looks like older effects. Oh, that's cool. Like, so he just kind okay. of like knew to accept it because it's just an older movie. Yeah. Well, that's just good parenting, um, to be honest. And he also – which I thought was actually kind of funny. He he, um, he pulled a little bit of a uh, Princess Bride comment really? two times during the movie. He's like the, – at the very beginning, there's all the love stuff, and at the very end, there's the kiss. He's like – both times he goes, Dad, did you – did you trick me into watching a smooching movie? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I was like, okay, that was a little, you know, a little uh, Fred Savagey. So both times, uh, he was, uh, he, he made that comment, which I thought was kind of funny. 
Uh, but yeah, he liked it. He was totally. I was gonna. I was wondering if he would want to go like play video games or something. But um, alas, yeah. <laughs> and speaking of video games, I actually think a video game based on this movie would be kind of cool, where it starts off where you're actually playing the like vector version of this thing, like mm-hmm. the, and you have to get you have to get nine hundred thousand points, and then you can actually play like the real version of the game. That's a really good idea. Like modern with modern graphics, I think that is kind cool. Of cool. And yet again, giving my best ideas away on a free podcast. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, budget. Does anyone have the budget and how much this made? No, I don't. I didn't look it up. I can do the history while you guys look that up if you want. Go ahead. Okay. I did mention this a little bit earlier. Um, the John Z. DeLorean. We all know him from, of course, making the DeLorean. What else is John Z. DeLorean known for? Uh, cocaine? Yes, cocaine <laughs> trafficking. Uh, this, this, the day this movie came out, which featured a car that looked a lot like a DeLorean, uh, he, his defense attorneys tried to get them to uh, lessen his nine counts of cocaine trafficking. Uh, and a federal judge did dismiss one of the, ca- one of the nine counts on this day. Hmm. Okay. Um, this is also the day the, that Geraldine Ferraro was chosen by Walter oh, Mondale. The- and he was announced as the running mate. Um, uh, she was a re- representative from Queens, and um, Mondo was from uh, Minnesota. Uh, at the same time, Gary Hart actually vowed to stay in the race. This is 1984, of course. Uh, he decided to stay in the race, and eventually, uh, in 19- he lost, but in 1988, he was about to become the presumptive uh, nominee until what? What did Gary Hart do? Um, slept around. Slept around on a yacht called the Monkey Business with Donna Rice. So that was uh, that didn't happen on this date, but he was you know talking about his political future on this date, and then slept it away on a, on a boat, on a boat aptly named. So uh, what uh, would we have here for the budget? To find the it? the estimate for the budget was fifteen million. Okay, and it pulled in a cool twenty eight million. In the U.S. Nice. and Canada. Okay. Nice. 28.7, almost 29. There you go. Overall or on the first week? I guess overall. Gross. Overall, mm-hmm. yeah. On opening weekend, it pulled in $6 million. Okay. Didn't I guess that's why we didn't really see a sequel, because it didn't do as well as they had thought. Right. I do have a couple of other things, though. The, um, you remember the other week when we went down the top movies in... In the, in the week that that movie came out, and we were like, "What the? This is this is like a desert of movies this week." What? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. This movie is exactly the opposite. I'm gonna guess. Uh, I'm gonna. I vaguely think I went to a lot of movies this summer. But... I'm I'm gonna give you the top fourteen because all fourteen of them. I'm like, holy shit. There's gonna be some Karate Kid in there, isn't there? Holy shit. There is, in fact, the Karate Kid in there. In its yeah. fourth week, the probably Karate Gr- Kid probably was at number gremlins. five. After four weeks on the chart, the Karate Kid was at number five. Damn. But at okay, number 14, you've got The Natural. Oh, it's a great that movie. I saw Robert that in the theater, oh, yeah. too. At number 13, you've got Romancing the Stone. Theater. In nice. its 16th it. week. 16th week? Goddamn. 16th week, it's number <laughs> 13. At number 12, you've got a little movie that we've already done called Top Secret, and it's fourth oh, yeah. week. At number 11, you've got Rhinestone. 
<laughs> Dolly. Sylvester Stallone yeah. and Dolly Parton, I believe. Yep. Uh-huh. Right? yep. Yep. At number 10, so now we're in the top 10. At number 10, you've got Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock at num- in its seventh wow. week. At number nine, you've got Conan the Destroyer. Yeah. yeah. At number eight, you've got Cannonball Run 2. Never liked those movies. At number seven, you've got Bachelor Party. Oh my god, I saw that movie a thousand times. And that's in its that's third Tom, week. That Tom Hanks is never going to amount uh. to anything. In its, in its ninth week, you've got another movie that I was like, oh, I forgot that came out this year. Because at number six, you've got Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Damn. At number five, you've got The Karate Kid. At number four, you've got Muppets Take Manhattan in its first week, in its opening week. At number three, you've got The Last Starfighter. This movie opened at number three. At number two and number one, we're both in their sixth week of release. Any guesses as to what number two and number one were? 1984? God damn. Um, mm-hmm. Summer, summer 1984. 84. Oh, Terminator? What? Nope. I think that was 82. No. No, no, no. Was it summer of 84? It might not have been. It might have been. Who knows? But I was very... I don't think it would be an Aliens movie. No, nope. Aliens... Uh. Two family... Or kind of family films. Uh, hmm. The Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> nope. It's about a family. <laughs> One was set during Christmas. It's not National Olympics. No, that would be uh, later. That was 88. And one was set in New York City. New York City. Not big. I don't know. I don't know either. At, at number two, you've got Gremlins. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew Gremlins, yeah. And at number one... You've got Ghostbusters. Oh, come on. Omar, okay. you're such a loser. <laughs> well, I said, I said uh, Gremlins earlier while we were chitting, chittering before. That's why I kind of oh. missed it. But, yeah, it's 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 a great top 14 list. I was like, holy shit. I think I saw almost probably good eight of those in the theater. For sure. Wow, mm-hmm. that's crazy. And... Do you want to know what your top ten songs for that week were? Yep. All Iron Maiden. Hit them fast. Hit them fast. Don't let me and Omar yep. start talking. At number ten, you've got Legs from ZZ Top. Number oh, nine, man, I love yeah, that song. Oh, sorry. The Heart of happy. Rock and Roll by Huey Lewis and the News. Yeah. At number eight, you've got Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. Number seven, Almost Paradise, the theme from Footloose, Mike Reno and Ann Wilson. Number six, Self-Control, Laura Branigan. Number five, The Reflex, Duran Duran. Four, Eyes Without a Face. Oh, my God, so good. Three, Eyes Without a Face. Is Jump, For My Love, The Pointer Sisters. At number two, you've got Dancing in the Dark with Bruce Springsteen. And And at number one, in its seventh week in the chart. Thriller. Any guesses? Thriller? Nope. 1984. 1984. Jump. Nope. Yeah, not Van Halen, no. Summer? I don't know. Oh back. shit! Ah, sorry, that was love. <clears throat> wow, that's a goddamn great week for movies and music. Yeah, it is. Oh my god, movies wow. and music, dude. I was like, drive ah. into the movie theater in my like 1984 Corvette. 
listening to When Doves Cry. Mine's got the big firebird yeah. on it. This is what it sounds like <laughs> when the doves cry. Do, 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 do. That reminds me of the scene in, um, oh my God, what's the Adam Sandler movie? Um, uh, wedding uh, singer, wedding singer, when he's in the DeLorean and he's going to pick her, pick up Drew Barrymore and she's like sick out of the nightclub and he opens the door and Yan Hammer, <laughs> the theme to, to <laughs> the theme to Miami Vice is just blaring out of the car. <laughs> yep. He's got the, the like peach shirt with the white jacket. Yeah, and like the rolled up sleeves on the jacket. <laughs> yep. Mm. Oh man, the 80s. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, we have, we have a top five. Qu- we've got a top five question here. We do. So, based on this movie being freaking awesome, I think all of us agreed, right? Yeah, awesome movie. Yeah. Dated special effects. Uh, I wanted to do a, a question where people always bitch and whine about remaking movies, and by people I mean Rob. Yeah, definitely Rob. Uh, what movies do you think? This was actually a harder question than, than I thought. Uh, what movies do you think would be better with a remake? Like special know, effects, special wise. effects wise, yeah. Like basically keep the story, other than maybe you know add cell phones in there, um, and update the special effects, and the movie would actually get better. So, what uh, what you guys got? I'm gonna let you guys go first. Or at least one of you guys. Can go. I have seventeen? Oh dear God. <laughs> Rob, you go first. <laughs> um, I'm going to start with number five, and I'm only putting it at number five because it's a great movie that I think would just be better with better special effects, and that's this movie. I think The Last Starfighter is one of those movies that could strongly benefit from a remake just based on, if you keep everything the same and you do better special effects, this movie would be so much better. Okay. So that's my that's my number Fair. five. At number four, I'm gonna say again because I actually like the movie, but I do think some of the special effects are dated. At number four, I'm gonna say RoboCop. Okay, wasn't there a remake of that? Let me see that. It, yeah, it was terrible though. So Fair we me. don't talk about that in here. Yeah, no, it, never it didn't happen. Um, at number three, I will electrocute your say... testicles if you ever mention that again. <laughs> At number three, I'm going to say the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Yeah, that's, Ooh, good. that's a good one. I definitely think that they could make that better with better special effects, but they could still keep the same the same story and the same plot. You know, they they like could literally take take the exact footage that they shot and just remove some of the the Freddy effects and put them in updated with digital, and it would be right. good. Yeah, I I think that would work. Um, at number two, um. <sighs> At number two, I I included this because I but part of this movie's charm is that it is just so horrendously cheesy, <laughs> so absolutely terrible that it's a shitload of fun to watch. I mean, what other movie can you see a grown man grab a dead giant moth and hang glide? Oh, over dear. a chasm into a cave. Oh boy, he's talking about Schindler's List again. <laughs> I am. No, the movie in question is your Hunter from the Future. Yeah, yeah. Right? 
yeah. If they could keep it as cheesy and as campy as it was originally and still put in some decent <clears throat> special effects, I would love that shit. But like I said, some of the some of the charm was from the cheesy special effects. So I don't know. Fair. Yeah. But my number one movie that I think would benefit the most from updated special effects in a remake is Lawnmower Man. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That's true. Yeah, that's good. Excellent. All right, fair enough. So, that's my top five. I so, wanted to um, include Sodom Thunder, but nobody should be forced to watch that ever again. That actually probably would have been better with, with special effects. Um, I didn't add it just because we've talked about that movie far more than the people that make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't want to talk about it. We've gotten a, we've gotten a cease and desist letter from everyone in the movie. <laughs> um, I'm going to play Alec. Uh, he is our patron of unusual size and uh, going to be replacing Omar uh, yes. for... You know, talking about the RoboCop movie. You did say about electrocuting my testicles. Right? Hey, give me five podcasts. This is Alex. Top five good movies that could you know use a redo on special effects. It's a pretty tough list, um, mainly because I don't, I guess, pay attention to special effects enough to to care unless it's really bad. And if it's really bad, I probably don't think it's a good movie most of the time. So I tried my best. This list would probably not have much. Uh, uh, spill over with other people's list because it really is just random for me. Um, number five, I put Willy Wonka, the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I think that I watched it with my kids a few times this summer. I'm like, that movie is great, but it could probably, you know, have a little better effects uh, for the movie to work a little bit more. So I, but not like the Tim Burton one because that was awful. Uh, number four, I put X-Men from 2000. I think that movie was actually very good despite the special effects, but that was the point. It was despite the special effects. I didn't think the effects were very good. Number three, the original Superman from, I think, 1978. I I know that we've seen recent Superman movies, so I guess maybe we have seen variations of it, but that movie was actually a really good movie, and it would be nice to see it have better effects and look a little more realistic. Number two is Willow. Um, I don't know. It's more of a guilty pleasure, maybe, but I liked that movie when I was a kid. I saw it recently with my kids, and um, yeah, I could use a redo. And then number one is a classic. I'm not saying it has to change anything, but Beetlejuice. Um, some of the special effects in the movie, like the staircase scene when he turns into a snake, I just think would be would be better now, and might might make it look a little more realistic than it did then. It was pretty impressive for 1988, but. You know, that's over 30 years ago. All right. Hope you like the list. Thanks. Bye. Now, uh, Rob, you seem to have a – you came to Climax at a certain point during his list. Is that <laughs> I what I heard did. correctly? I, I love the movie Willow. I'm not sure that I agree that the special effects were a problem with Willow. I mean, there were a couple of scenes where, yeah, and I don't know that – I don't know that you could get somebody to play the roles as well as Val Kilmer and Warwick Davis played their roles. Gotcha. So that that might be hard casting wise, but interesting thought. Yeah. Now mine is my list. Um, I did try to focus on movies that the weakest portion is the special effects, but there's also a few that kind of snuck in there based on the fact that. I think they made decisions based on the special effects limitations, mm-hmm. where sometimes that works out really well. Jaws, uh, Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. uh, and other times it doesn't. Uh, my number five actually is one of those, and that is uh, is the X Men, the original X Men movie. Okay. Um, 
I was so excited to see an X-Men movie, but there's really not a lot of set pieces in that movie. There's a couple laser blasts, a couple things like that. I think that they simplified the movie a lot just because they didn't want to spend that much money on special effects. So I would say that was my number five. Uh, number four, the Incredible Hulk movie by Ang Lee. There's a lot of mopiness and not a lot of Hulk. And part of that is, again, a full CG character back then. It was tough. And the Hulk was way too bright green. I think I'm the um, only one that loved that movie. If you look. Yeah. You are. I'm okay with it. Because it, it was definitely more of an Ang Lee movie, uh, which I usually like his stuff, but not so much there. Um, this one might be the controversial one. Uh, Green Lantern. I think there were I had some, it on my list. I think there were some very bad decisions made about the costume. And again, every every scene that has that costume in it, you're pulled out of the movie. And I think there were some... And, and the villain, too. The turning uh, Parallax into just a big yellow cloud. Mm-hmm. When Parallax is supposed to be a big yellow mosquito, first of all, you motherfuckers. Which doesn't sound great to anyone that hasn't seen him but just take my word on uh number two this is probably on someone's list too but the mummy returns uh the rock scorpion king big Mm -hmm. head thing looked like it was very undone but my number one if you could just strip out the special effects replace them with new ones uh for more frenetic battle scenes etc etc last starfighter was my number one because i very much enjoyed this movie Mm mm-hmm Okay. Okay, so Rob and I are going to sign off. Uh, Omar, you've got the next 30 minutes for your 20 or so. I whittled it down. So give us... Okay. From like 17 to like, I don't know, six-ish. First off... Long-time listener. Long-time listener. (laughs) First-time caller. Here's my 25. First off, what I did was most of these are um, out of my 17 that I got to. Um, I stuck to the 80s, except for one, just to keep it... I have to put some controls on myself, otherwise the list would have been 50 long. Um, the other thing that I did was anything that was, like, um, remade or, like, a sequel or anything like that, I didn't add in. So I didn't put Superman because there's, you know, Justice League Superman. I didn't put any Star Wars, you know, stuff like that because that already exists. Transformers, there's a new version, stuff like that, right? So those were my sort of um, – that was my criteria that I kind of set for myself. Um, one of them that was originally going to be number one, but I think I'm just going to do as an honorable mention because it's such a great movie and I'm on the fence, but it's, it legend. Now that I think about it, you know, the Tim Curry, big devil guy, like it looks awesome. Like it's just amazing. It's, it's perfect how it is. But I, but it was just one of those things where I was like, man, should this like have an update? But I, I don't know that it really... I don't really know that it needs one, so I'm mentioning Legend as a, <clears throat> you know, thought-provoking whatever. Um, for number five, this is just a great movie, and I think it would be really well done with today's technology. Inner Space. Remember, they, like, shrink the dude down, and he goes into the body? Right. I just thought, I think that'd be really well done mm-hmm. with, with updated... Uh, Man, that really Right? Worked. Like, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, Dennis Quaid. Um, number four... I'm going to go with war games. Some of those scenes where like, nice. you know, with the big screen and they did a good job, but I think if you kind of updated that a little bit, 
but I'm also maybe thinking about like you would maybe update the the storyline a little bit, and that's not really part of the rules. But I think war games would benefit from it. Uh, number three, they live. Remember that one with Rowdy Piper? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure we're gonna oh, cover that. It's awesome, point. such oh, a great movie, yeah. and it looked good at the time. But I think that like with the the abilities that we have today, it would be just amazing. Um, number two, Flash Gordon. I think that'd be really cool with like updated effects. Like it was a pretty fun movie. You know what I mean? If you'd like made it a little bit less cheesy and brought in some whatever effects, I think it'd be awesome. And number one, I'm just stuck on this. I can't, I can't get it out of my mind. I think it would be super awesome to be either remade completely or just the effects. Uh, the running man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Ooh. How awesome was that movie? You know, like you could do so much cool stuff with, you know, just by updating it. Yeah, I think I That's that's another one that the special effects limitations made them really shrink the movie down. Cuz you watch it and you expect it to be like this big like Smash TV the video game, these mm-hmm. big mazes and Halloween Horror Night style things and, and you're really kind of combined you're shrunk down to small areas. Like set uh, sound stages basically. Because so. is and that's why you think because of the available one, one technology of them, I mean, or whatever money that interesting you know now you can take now you can shoot in one room and change out the background around with the click of a mouse so special effects do limit you know like the Mandalorian oh you know all those giant planet scenes they're shot in one dome the same dome that the the other scenes are shot in so it's pretty interesting. cool interesting so so that's my top um, six yeah good list yeah good list mm-hmm all of us. All yeah. of us had good lists. I think they were good. And as usual, Alec, yeah. he always comes out of nowhere with these like great ideas like, like Beetlejuice. What a great idea. So, uh, I'm just going to say thank you for listening. And let uh, uh, Rob give us I, give the contact information. Is that? I will say that if you want to reach out and tell us which five you think would benefit from a remake you can email us directly at give me five podcast at gmail.com you can reach out to us on twitter and instagram at give me five pod you can find us on facebook by searching for the give me five podcast or you can go directly to our website at give me five podcast.com and as always guys that is spelled out f-i-v-e not the number five and while you're on our website you can even go to our store at give me five podcast.threadless.com and get all of your sweet Give Me Five podcast merchandise. And if you know the proper way to sever a Romanian's penis and have it actually die, please let us know. That's not going to work for me. <laughs> and we remember, guys, we want you to give us five ways to sever a Romanian's God damn it. penis.